Sean, man, our basketball teams, well, I, I stand, okay, my favorite basketball team and the team that you are currently kind of saddled with because your favorite player <laughs> plays for them, they are like conjoined twins at the moment, man. You cannot keep the Phoenix Suns out of your mouth if you're talking about the Indiana Pacers and, and maybe a little bit vice versa at this point. So naturally, we're going to start where none of the other shows would start. and We're going to start with the least known name, which would be my man, and I hope your homie, Jalen Smith. My man Sticks, a fellow goggles wear. You know, Sean B., That's I know. Yeah. How so? Before we get into the uh, all the deal, the free because myself and other Pacers fans are drooling over this, and and I'll get into that when it's my turn. But before I spin my web, you got to experience Jalen Smith as he was playing in Phoenix. So what what were your thoughts like getting to watch him? What what's your take? If you had to, you know, a, a, I guess a, a casual scouting report, if you will, what, what's your vibe check on Jalen? I like him a lot. I was actually very bummed out to see him go. I mean, granted, I, I mean, it was kind of, Roddy was on a wall for a while. Like, it wasn't a surprise when he got, you know, shipped off to Indiana, but it was bitter. I mean, it was sad in the least. So, um, you know, I have no ill will towards the guy. I think he's. I think he has potential to be a really solid player. Um, you know, but in order for him to do that, he's going to need minutes. And that just wasn't something that he was getting in Phoenix. So I'm actually happy for him in the long, like, that he's in a situation where he probably is going to get a lot more playing time than he would have if he continued to stay in Phoenix. So, like I said, no hard feelings. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he turns into a stuff for y'all. You know, that's totally cool by me, bro. Yeah, and to add to your argument for the folks at home who maybe don't understand what we're getting at here in the 2020 2021 season in his 27 games Jalen averaged 5.8 minutes per game scoring only two points per game and then in the 50 no sorry the 29 games that he played with Phoenix last year he averaged only 13.2 minutes uh, and only six points per game. However, once he got to Indiana, he was playing 24, nearly 25 minutes per game, attempting nearly 10 field goals a game, and his averages went up to 13.4 points. He averaged nearly eight rebounds, almost an assist, and one whole block per game while turning the ball over less than once a game. So I, the, the promise is right there. I mean, this guy, he's shot and very efficient from the floor. Um, I, I didn't even realize he had a three-point shot, but he attempted almost four threes a game in Indiana and shot 37% from three. That's not terrible for a forward that I didn't even know could shoot. <laughs> so this, I mean, and, and now we'll get a little bit into the deals. I kind of... I felt the same way. I was a little saddened when this trade initially happened because the deal was what well, we sent Tory Craig back to Phoenix for Jalen. And I remember how excited I was. I think you and I talked. I think you were the one who told me when Tory Craig came over, you're like, you guys got a good one heading over to yeah. Indianapolis. So 
I was sad to see him leave because moves like that are also an admittance of this isn't going to be our year. You know, when you move a playoff caliber role player like that, it's a surefire sign, you know, especially when you trade him for a guy who's playing less than 15 minutes a game. Um, it's a surefire sign that you're starting the rebuild. However, uh, I've loved everything I've seen from Jalen Smith. The Pacers fans have a fun little Twitter trend where for the entire second half of last season, they were saying fake negative things about him to try to convince other teams to not sign him. He was the worst kept secret. I thought in the NBA, uh, I thought for sure he was going to get some money which is why I was surprised that he signed a three-year, $15.1 million contract with the Pacers. Uh, third year is a player option, includes a 10% trade kicker. Uh, but he could have gotten more money elsewhere, and part of me thinks it was not only the playing opportunity, but the just undeniable love from the fan base that convinced Jalen to stick around. Um yeah. I'm excited about this, and I I think we're going to have one. You know what this reminds me of, Sean? And and I know you're going to be one of the people who was around for this and can actually speak on it with me. But this reminds me, come along with me for a minute, if you will, of a former young power forward who was buried on the bench in Portland a young man who was traded from the Trailblazers to the Indiana Pacers, who would one day, well, he was always Jermaine O'Neal, but he would one day become the Jermaine O'Neal, the Pacers' perennial all-star and the eventual captain of that team. He kind of took over for Reggie Miller. These are very similar situations. That's all I'm saying. Um, you never know. Yeah, you sure don't. So it's happening right in front of you, bro. So, I mean, that very well could be the case. I mean, I didn't even really think about that. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, it looks very, very similar. Feels very similar for sure. Because, I mean, yeah, I mean, Jermaine O'Neal, no one thought he would be the caliber player that he became. Like, no one, the people wrote him off pretty much from jump, dude. I mean, he was a stud in high school. You know, and all that good shit coming out. Like, you know, no one really thought he had what it takes at the NBA level. Like, I remember watching a little documentary about him not too long ago, actually. There was a lot of lot of discussion about how he was, you know, wrote off from the beginning. He turned into be the stud that we know today. So, you know, Jalen Smith has that same kind of potential, my dude. Like, he – it's something about players, man, who – the underdog players, like something about dudes with chips on their shoulder. Like you can't ever underestimate a dude with a chip on their shoulder. Like there's no telling, like seriously, I know it sounds cliche, but like we see it time and time again, dude. Like a lot of the time these players that come out who aren't very, you know, are highly heralded or whatever the case may be, you know, have a lot of knocks against them for whatever reasons. Um, you know, a lot there's, more often than not, I feel like a lot of them dudes flourish because, you know, they just there's certain type of dudes, certain kind of players who need that, like, negativity. It's like you got one of the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan, used to make shit up just to have a reason to go out and, and put the kill switch on, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. he told himself lies just to get himself motivated. 
I mean, there's dudes like that, bro. They just need someone dogging them constantly. You know, not very well. I'm not saying people are dogging, dogging Jalen. So I think Collins kind of the opposite of me. I feel like, you know, I'm sure you're not the only Pacers fan who's probably embracing him. You know, he's he's got hell of potential. You guys saw that last year. Like, his numbers, once you gave him playing time, his numbers definitely went up. You know, that's a, that's a good sign. So, but, you know, I think him, him getting drafted first round and then pretty much sitting on the bench for a whole season and a half probably didn't sit with him tight. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm sure he feels like he's got something to prove. So, I'm excited to see what he does with his time in Indiana. Like, I really do think you guys got to stuff and make it for real. Well, I, I hate to be that show, but I absolutely agree with you. Of course I do. You know, I hear... I hear the angry keyboards already. Of course, I'm being a homer. Let me just say it for you. I understand. But two things can be true at the same time. So just remember, I could be just as right about this as I was about Tristan Thompson to Chicago. But I shouldn't bring that up every episode. Anyway, (laughs) Jalen Smith is only 20. Chicago fan type in the comment right now. It's okay, as long as me and the Pistons fans are cool, because they got an exciting young team I can't wait to watch, even though it's going to be uh, to my to my team's detriment in the standings at times. Um, but, you know, when you're talking about Jalen Smith, you talk about that chip on the shoulder, and it, it's a good point, and it's one of the reasons that I thought he was such a good signing is that we really haven't had a chance to see what he could do if given the opportunity to flourish. But then all of a sudden things break down in Phoenix between DeAndre Aiden and the front office. Uh, I will leave a link. Those of you who haven't heard our thoughts on all that, I'm not going to rehash it. We talked about it for 30 minutes. Go find that episode. We'll talk about that. Um, So for obviously for those who just want the very, the TLDR, Sean disagrees and very adamantly believes that Phoenix should make amends and go ahead and sign Aiton. I, for what it's worth, if that offer is still on the table, if Aiton is willing to come to the table, I too am on team. Just go ahead and sign DeAndre Aiton and add pieces and run it back. Uh, however, it does not seem that that is the route that things are going to go. And... The Pacers, for some reason, continue to be the name that gets mentioned with Aiton, and I personally kind of hate it, not because I don't love Aiton. Sean, you know that I I love this man. I think the only, the only person who talks about sports uh, on the air that loves Aiton more than me is probably you. Um, so we're, you're talking to a couple of Aiton stands here. But I feel like the Pacers are just going to put Jalen Smith in the exact same position he was in. And I I just, I don't know. I don't know that spending all that money on Aiden, if I'm the Pacers, is worth it. Like, to me, for Phoenix, it's worth it because you're right there. You went to the finals two years ago. You very likely, without injury, would have been there again this year. and Or at least in the Western Conference Finals. So, them spending the money on Aiden makes sense. The Pacers are two years away at best, and I just don't know that it makes sense to max a guy like Aiden when you have three first-round picks and what's looked to be 
potentially a generational draft coming in 2023. I would almost prefer the Pacers to be bad than to add eight and be a guaranteed seven seed for the next three years. But Sean, am I crazy? No, not at all. I mean, that's, that makes a lot of sense. I, I hate to agree with you because I feel like, like you were saying, we've kind of been agreeing a lot, but <laughs> these are all things you can't really, I mean, it's, it's all makes sense. You know what I'm saying? There's really no, I'd be bullshitting you if I tried to argue against it. You know what I'm saying? Like I'd be just arguing against it for the sake of arguing. I guess it's, I can't do that. Especially regarding these topics, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, oh, I don't know. Like it, it'd be hard. I can only imagine being in your shoes and having knowing that you could be getting someone like Aiden, but also how you're torn. Like if I had if I had Jalen Smith right now on my squad, and I was hearing rumors as well, I'd probably feel the same way because I have something here. Quite frankly, it's a lot cheaper than signing someone like DeAndre Aiden. It gives me time to see what I have with this guy. If for some reason, you know, we play him for a couple of years and he turns out to stink it up, okay, I didn't spend a lot of money on him. And, you know, I can ship his ass on somewhere else if I need to. And then I can, you know, get someone like a DeAndre Ayton or Caliber, that type of player, a couple of years from now. Or might get lucky and get one in the draft. You know what I'm saying? I know, like you were saying, draft coming up is supposed to be pretty good. Might be able to get some stud in there, like you know, it makes sense. Like I don't blame you for uh, feeling like you want to stay away from that because yeah, I probably feel the same way. But at this current moment in time, I'm over here hoping to God they can make amends and, and resign this man in Phoenix because if not, all hell's gonna break loose in, in Suns fan country. I can tell you that because I mean, dudes, dudes aren't happy, man. Like they should have signed this man a year ago. Like, they dicked off, they, they put it off, they didn't sign them, you know, and I've heard that uh, a lot of it has to do, they just, they feel like they can get someone of his caliber elsewhere. They don't need to pay that kind of money. They don't need to pay him max money. They can get his contributions elsewhere for cheaper. So I'm like, well, you want to be a cheap buck and, you know, and try to, try to do that, that's cool, but I really don't think it's going to work out. Like I said, if, if Aiden goes, people are going to be disappointed, but Suns aren't going to have the same kind of success they've had the last couple of years. Like, it's just not. Like, he's, he's going to contribute a lot more than, than the organization at this point, it seems, wants to give him credit for it. Like, I don't I don't see how you cannot give him a good bulk of, bulk of the credit. Yeah, Chris Paul came in and shaped things, for sure. I'll give you that. But people fail to, fail to remember – you know, the Suns were on the rise before Chris Paul. Like, that went undefeated in the bubble with Ricky fucking Rubio, my dude. Like, you know, Chris Paul didn't do it all by himself. Like, Aiden at that point was sort of really coming to his own. Like, he was developing hardcore and becoming the kind of player we needed him to become. You know, like, during that time, I really think that time off during COVID, that motherfucker was in the jam kidding it. Like, you can't convince me otherwise. Because when the bubble rolled around, them boys was about it. You know what I'm saying? So, Aiden was coming out looking like a perennial all-star when they were playing in the bubble. Booker was on fire as I had expected. You know what I'm saying? So, them boys were playing on top-notch basketball. So, I mean, I feel like they were you – know, I feel like Chris Paul gets a little too much credit. You know, I'll be honest with you. I think he does. You know, yeah, he's been a big, big help. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to take anything away from that dude. But – 
And, you know, got to give credit when credit's due, man. Aiden's held down that five spot. You know, exceeded expectations, in my opinion. And to turn, you know, to turn down signing him to a max contract just plain silly to me, man. I don't get it. I, don't, I will never get it. And like I told you, my my fandom is in the wit is you know in the Raptors right now, just kind of hanging by a hanging by a thread, dude. Because I'll tell you what, man, if they they let this man go for practice, especially some goofy shit, whether it's Kevin Durant or a fucking draft pick or whatever. Miles Turner. Yeah, Miles Miles Turner, and you know who that, who's that one dude y'all got? Not a Brogdon. They, you guys got rid of Brogdon. They want what, Buddy Heald? Was it McConaughey? Oh, T.J. McConnell? Y'all want T.J. McConnell? Yeah, y'all still got that, dude? I believe so. Yeah, y'all keep him. We don't want that, dude. We can send you Rubio back, though. We can send you nah. We can send you Miles Turner and Ricky Rubio. I want either one of them dudes. Not, not for DeAndre Ayton, bro. That's for sure. <laughs> but uh, and it sort of sounds like you don't want him either, so we're in the same boat. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens, man. I'm sure whenever, whenever, I can almost guarantee you, whenever something does happen, when there's news to be said about it, you you as listeners can guarantee you're gonna hear me and Kat talk about it because we'll definitely definitely have something to say, um, regardless of what happens. But uh, speaking of the Suns, man. I gotta ask you, <laughs> how you feel about uh, seeing my boy getting chosen for that 2K cover next year, my dude? Oh. Year, 23. Speaking of things listeners can count on us talking about, <laughs> as sure as the sun will rise, if Devin Booker's name is trending, we're gonna argue about it. Now, for those of you who have sat and listened and thought, man, these two dick riders are just agreeing on everything and I hate it. Well, this segment is for you <laughs> because, dear listener and dear Sean, and those of you that know, kind of already know my long-running beef with Devin Booker. Everyone knows Sean B. is the D-Book champion. I... I don't know of anyone who was singing Devin Booker's praises as highly as Sean was while the dude was averaging eight points off the bench in college or whatever the fuck he was doing. You know, this kid was, uh, this, Sean knew, all right? And he's been fighting with me ever since Devin Booker scored a meaningless 70 points in a blowout loss over the relevancy of this man. He's argued with me that superstar players with the Mamba mentality are allowed to say, y'all can't double-team me in a pickup game. He even he even had the audacity to defend Devin Booker when he had the referee remove the Raptors mascot during a COVID-impacted arena-empty game in which the poor little Raptor was standing under the hoop waving his arms and... And superstar Devin Booker just couldn't take the pressure. Man, but this guy, this beacon of integrity, the the new the the new Mamba himself, Devin Booker, is somehow our twenty twenty three or sorry, two K two three. How how dare I? Cover athlete. I 
And isn't this another Jordan cover? Like, so is this going to be the one where they have like a, a Jordan special, which just really irks me. I was already irked at the Kobe Bryant comparisons. Now you're going to put Devin Booker on a Jordan cover and I'm just going to throw up Sean and then eat my own throw up out of a frozen Ziploc bag. Like I'm the creators of South Park in an old movie. This is, this hurts. I, I, I don't, I can't say I feel you on that one, bro. You want to help you, you help yourself to that throw up. Because I won't be joining on that. But while you're eating your own vomit, I'm be over here popping, you know, $9 bottles of black velvet whiskey and pouring myself a cold drink over ice. Because I'm going to be celebrating as I, I got to hear about it when I'm wrong. So you're going to hear about it when I'm right. And while we're, while we're shilling for 2k and just in case you haven't seen this, Sean, cause you're not as active on Twitter as I am in honor of this, uh, momentous occasion, I guess. NBA 2k 22 has released a limited code. I think there's about five days left that if you use it, you will get a 99 overall Dark Matter Invincible Devin Booker card for your my team. So if you're a my team guy like me, go just find NBA 2K's Twitter account, the my team Twitter account. The code's up there. I mean, it's all over the internet. It's very easy to find. It's up there for a week. Uh, it's basically just like 2K23-MyTeam-Devin-Booker or something like that. Uh, yeah, so I, it sucks to be the guy who misses on that. So this is not sponsored. For the love of God, that'll be the day. But, uh, you know, if you're if you're into that game like I am, I, I want you to make sure you get to cash in on that 99. So, Sean B., that might be enough to get you in on the mind team grind, dude. I might have to just check it out for that, that sake, yeah. Because, I mean, I don't really, as you know, I don't really play the mind team too often, but... 
That's definitely got piqued my interest a bit, bro. I'll have to check that out. They got a challenge this week, dude. You got to score 70 points with that 99 overall Devin Booker in a game. Is that, is that a legit challenge? That's a legit challenge, yes, sir. Kind of like the Devin Booker challenge that we did all those years ago on our old yeah. internet show. Yeah, I think I had to drop, had to drop forty because I mean, we obviously weren't playing a full <laughs> NBA game of minutes in two K, but the deal was I had to drop forty and win the game, which I did. Or came out victorious. Now I would not sit here and act like it was easy. <laughs> this was like I think maybe his second year in the league. So he was not nearly as good as he is now in the game. So it took some work, but uh, I was I was proud of that victory. Like I said, you gotta gotta enjoy them while you get them because we are. Like, I ain't gonna act like I'm right uh, very often, but when I'm right, damn, it feels good. So hey I'm man, soaking, I'm a soaking it while I can. I'm gonna let you have Devin Booker this year, and in twenty in two K twenty seven, when Paolo Bancaro is the cover athlete, <laughs> I'll expect you to send me some flowers. Um, yeah. And you know, since you mentioned it already, so I'm just going to go back to it. And we talked about, uh, our athletes that we have argued over. And one of them has once again, found his way back into the news and Baker Mayfield being that guy, he was traded to Carolina for a conditional fifth round pick. Now, I do not know the details of this condition, but I expect it is much like the conditional draft pick that the Colts sent to the Eagles when Carson Wentz was traded. Um, Something along the lines of if Baker starts, takes X amount of snaps, it turns into a fourth round pick. You know, if if he starts a playoff game, it turns into a third round pick or yada yada. I'm sure those are the types of conditions that are in line with that. But essentially, the Panthers added, at the very least, some would say upgraded, their quarterback room for the low, low price of a fifth-round pick. Sean, I, I don't even really know where to start with this one. I, maybe maybe we start with Carolina, because I know we're going to talk about that other guy that the Browns were supposed to have at quarterback. So maybe we save the Browns for second. But, I mean, so do you like this for Carolina? Uh, that's a tough question, dude. Not as much as you did a few years ago? Nah, definitely not. <laughs> no, he's, uh, I'll be honest, man. It's not even so much his play, but he just seems like a real shitbag of a dude. Like, it's hard to root for a dude who acts the way he acts, you know? Like, the, the some of the shit he, you know, says in his press conferences and just his overall attitude, he, he just doesn't. He just seems like a cocky little shit, you know. And to be fair, if I was playing with a dude like that, if if Baker Mayfield and I were on the same high school JV ball team together, and he was acting the way he acts, like I'd probably be fighting that dude. I'd be throwing hands with that kind of guy. He's not the dude I want in my locker room throwing me the ball. I guess it's not my kind of cat. I like a little bit of cockiness. I like some of the chip on the shoulder kind of stuff. But this dude, it's not even so much a chip on the shoulder. It's just like I feel like. He was still probably drinking his mama's breast milk when he was like five years old. He's like that kind of dude. Like he probably took him a while to get weaned off the tip. You know what I'm saying? He's just is a cocky little shit. I don't know what it is. So my my opinions have definitely changed over time. I'm definitely not as big of a fan as I once was, and 
you know, like I said, I can I can admit when I was wrong. It took me a while, didn't want to, but uh, this dude was definitely uh, definitely has got himself in this situation. Now, to be fair though, one hundred to be completely fair, I do think it is kind of shitty that you know he did try to play last year hurt, you know, and it backfired on him. And looking back, he probably should have just sat it the fuck out. Probably would have been in his better interest. But they let this dude play. He played like shit because he's hurt as a motherfucker. And then they still, you know, and the, some of the stuff they said, the way they handled the whole situation, to be honest, the Browns is brown the situation completely. You know what I'm saying? It's not, I'm not going to put it all on Baker Mayfield. But like I said, more, it's more of his character that I'd be concerned about if I was bringing him in to play for me. Like, I'm not. I don't think I'm not going to say he's a bust as far as talent goes. Like I think he there's some talent there. I don't know if it's enough to be the guy. Like I once thought he could be. You know, I thought he could definitely be like a Drew Brees as kind of dude because he did have that chip. He wasn't a little cocky and the motherfucker. He he was pretty after in college. You know what I'm saying? So I thought he could pull it off, but uh, he has uh, proved me to uh, be ignorant of the matter, I guess. So, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm a, if I was Carolina, I don't feel like a fifth pick is the worst thing to be giving up. I mean, I guess it's worth a shot, but I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm optimistic of that's going to work out. I mean, you got him and Darnold, the two, since they've both been in the league, they've led the league in interceptions between the two of them. So, mm. I mean, you got, yeah, that's a little, little cool stat bro for you. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you have that going on. You got the two dudes throw with most interceptions competing for your starting job. That's, I don't know if I'd be in the, be chilling all, I don't know if I'd be stoked for that if I was working in front office of that team. I don't know if I'd be like, yeah, let's go here. Why do you do throw some fucking picks in practice? I'm ready to pump. Pump, let's go. Or you if know, I man. were Robbie Anderson, as he, uh, <laughs> He has uh, tweeted or posted on Instagram, I can't remember, that he might just retire. If you remember, he had some words when the Baker to Carolina rumors first surfaced. He was the guy who kept saying, no! Uh, And also was famous for screaming at Sam Darnold when uh, when Sam Darnold saw ghosts the second time around in that horrible game again against New England where he was just throwing these trash picks and and Robbie Anderson's following him up and down the sidelines screaming at him so yeah the the options aren't good in Carolina at the moment I will say for some of the same reasons that we mentioned with this Jalen Smith thing in the NBA I I guess I don't hate this for the Panthers simply because they don't really have any other options like I I have seen all that I personally need to see from Sam Darnold. I don't know that there's any point in trying that experiment one more time. And maybe throwing Coral in this early on a team that's not really going to be that good, you know, that has not had a great history for quarterbacks. You know, some of the guys, some of those elite first round, first overall pick kind of guys can maybe get by with it. But I don't, I don't know if if I were Carolina, why not have Baker go out there? You could run into a situation where we all learned that 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 injury was much more of a factor than maybe we realized. I agree with what you said before. That is the biggest bummer for me for all of this is, you know, this guy plays hurt. 
and it really kind of ruins things for him. And I do put that on the Browns. I put that a little bit on him, but here's the thing. Any athlete that has gotten to the point where they are a professional athlete nine times out of ten, I mean, even most non-professionals, like people who commit themselves to things like this, they're not going to let an injury get in the way. If they think they can play, they truly believe that them at 80% or them at 60% is better than the guy behind them. But when you're the Browns and you have Case Keenum, who led a Vikings team not only to the playoffs but to win a couple games, why are you not saying, Baker, sit down, heal up, we'll get you back in six weeks, Case Keenum can win us three to four of these games, and we'll be right there and you'll be healthy, you'll help us make the playoff push. The Browns and Baker both, you know, obviously Baker's going to want to play, that's why you have team doctors, that's why you have a coach. You're supposed to be able to tell the guy, no, look, I know we, we want you out there, but we're better off having a guy who's healthy. This is why we brought Case here. Let him carry you for a month or two. You'll come back, ride his reign, and let's go win the division. No, they didn't do that. They had him play hurt. Things got progressively worse. He got progressively worse. And now this team went, and much in the line of what you said before, they said, we want an adult at quarterback. Made sense when they said it until they went and got Deshaun Watson as their adult at quarterback. Now Baker looks like a fucking saint. How how do the optics look for Cleveland that on the day when Deshaun has to talk about his allegations, Baker Mayfield is running a charity in Cleveland on the same day? Who's the fucking adult now? Um, so, yeah, and I don't disagree with any of the criticism you had for him. I'm not saying that, but shit. I would take that over this Deshaun stuff. Nine to like, give me the whiny. You know what? Baker's got a lot. You know who Baker reminds me of a lot? He's Aaron Rodgers without the arm strength. Aaron Rodgers is that same petty little whiny bastard. It's just that he's got the golden arm. You know, if Aaron Rodgers was five nine and had Chad Pennington's arm, we'd we'd be saying all the same things about uh, Aaron Rodgers that we say about Baker Mayfield. Some people still do say it. Um, here I am saying it at the moment, but, Bags, bro. but it ne- you know, it, it never stopped him from being able to lead a team. That's all I'm saying. Um, yeah. Yeah. you ain't wrong about that. I mean, I'd much rather, I mean, to agree with you, I, I'd much rather have Baker than Deshaun at this point. Now, Deshaun's obviously the better talent. There's no denying that, but. I don't want the fucking baggage that comes with Deshaun Watson. Dude, I don't want Mr. Diddles on my team. Like, I'm not trying to be dealing with this dude who I, who I have to worry is out here, you know, showing his dick to massage therapists and shit. Like, I don't want that kind of stress in my life. I'm running a team. I'm sure running the NFL organization is stressful enough. But when you have dudes on your team who you have to worry about sexually abusing people, that's just not something you need to add to your play, bro. So, yes, I, as talented as the dude may be, he's obviously a scumbag. I don't want him on, wouldn't want him on my squad. So, yeah, I would keep Baker Mayfield's whiny ass over Sean Watson, too. But it's a little too late for that. So, Cleveland's going to have to obviously deal, you know, lie in the bed that they, they dug. So, they made the bed. They weren't to lie in it. So, that's on them. I'm not a Browns fan, so I don't give a fuck. Oh, uh, you know, no, this, yeah, 
this is, as a non-Browns fan, this is fantastic because now I no longer have to feel sorry for your organization um, because you did it to yourself. And might I also add, if we remove the names from this, this is what history will remember. The Cleveland Browns organization forced out the first quarterback to lead them to the playoffs in 30 years, and they did so in order to pay $230 million guaranteed to a sexual predator who may never take a single snap in a Browns uniform. If that is not the most Cleveland Browns thing of all time, <laughs> then I will eat my shoes on live stream. Find me a more Browns thing, and I will saute up these filas and eat them for you on Twitch. Yeah, a little bit of that soy. So the Browns will be riding Jacoby Brissett, my man, to a 7-10 and record this year. But another team that will probably have a really bad record in a completely different sport as I do just the slickest freaking 180 back to the hardwood will be the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, one we talk one of the worst named franchises in the history of franchises. But anyway, uh, Chet Holmgren, you had uh, uh, maybe caught some of his highlights. I know I did. I caught some of those uh, Salt Lake City summer league highlights, <laughs> and uh, I reckon we ought to we ought to talk about them. So uh, I've got I've got some thoughts here, but I'll let you go first, Sean. What 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 have you seen so far from old Chet? I honestly, this this is gonna be real short and sweet because I don't I don't believe in you know looking too deep into summer league. Obviously, heard. But I will say Preach. what I saw. He looks good, you know. But I have to keep in mind he's playing against a bunch of has beens and never will be's. Like a lot of these dudes are old vets who try to get to the league, or young bucks who are trying to make it to the league that probably never will. So he's playing against, in my opinion, you know, inferior talent for the most part. So, I mean, you know, the level of competition is not nothing for me to really put too much weight in yet. Did he look good? Hell yeah, he did. I mean, he was out there smoking foes. I mean, there's no denying that. But if you're going to be able to do that against cats like, you know, Nikola Jokic and, you know, Joam, Joam, ah, I can't talk right now, Embiid, you know, dudes like that, like, Anthony Towns, like those kind of players. Like, is he going to be able to play like that against those dudes? That's yet to be seen. So, I'm being patient. Um, I'm remaining, you know, calm and trying to be level-headed about it. Like, yeah, those high, that I mean, that game, yeah, he, was, he looked good, man. No denying it. But, it's too early to tell when they back in the woods. What do you think, Kev? What's your thoughts on it, bro? Yeah, first, I, I 100% agree uh, we share in that sentiment about the summer league. Now, I have also, you know, I've been known to get high on some kids uh, at summer league. Sean, you were one who had to hear about all my Chris Duarte talk last year, but part of that was because he, that dude hit about six buzzer beaters in summer league. That is something that to me does translate, you know, short game, late game situations. That is something I can take from summer league and say, oh, this dude is hitting a bunch of last-minute shots. He's clutch. It doesn't matter who's the person standing in front of him. It's about what's going on between his ears. Awesome. That is, that's tangible. I can, I can work with that. 
when it comes to the physical stuff, I agree with you. I saw a lot of plays on that highlight reel that in the regular season, that's a turnover. That's two points the other way. And that's likely a seat next to coach because you waited two whole seconds to make that pass and you passed it after your man was no longer open and the defender had recovered. It's just like you had, like you said, Sean, tonight you were playing against a cat who's wearing the number 70 on his Jersey and we'll never, you know, we'll, we'll probably only make it to the G league. So you're able to get, Oh, it's, it looks like, Oh, what a great assist. But the reality is, is no, he missed an open cutter and the defense was so behind that he was still able to get the late pass there. Um, some of the stuff, like some of those blocked shots, I don't think he's doing that in the league. Some of those blocks, I'm like, this dude's an idiot for, he's doing that thing you did when you were in middle school and you just like, there was a tall kid next to you. So you just like stick your ass into him and you do like 16 pump fakes thinking that one of them will work. And then you go up for the shot and you don't even get the ball above your shoulders. Cause the tall, the high school kids like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You dummy. Uh, so I saw a couple of those plays. Uh, some of the behind the back, some of the dribbling and passing stuff, like I said, you're not getting away with that against the top levels of the league. But uh, the shooting form, stuff like that, like that looked good. That The uh, the shooting form, the three-point stroke reminded me of a young KD. The drop step fade away from the foul line. Uh, no joke, guys. Go and watch that film. It is Dirk frame Dirk. to frame it's Dirk like he watched Dirk's film and he practiced it yeah yeah exactly so again I, I'm kind of with you Sean here it's too soon to tell I do not expect him to be I don't even think he'll be like a solid rookie of the year candidate once we get past the all-star break I think early in the season he'll be in those talks because he was a, a lottery pick but I think by the end of the year, uh, Chet will just be okay, and that's fine. Um, he doesn't need to be Kevin Durant right away. Uh, he can be, you know, shit, Dirk Nowitzki was not Dirk Nowitzki right away. Um, so it, it he's got some time to get, and that's such a good young core. The one thing I'll say, and maybe we can wrap on this, based on the NBA draft in the early offseason, I cannot wait. I mentioned them earlier. And we just talked about some of the Thunder now. But, dude, the Pistons and the Thunder, those are some two teams, despite how much I hate their branding, like, gross, you know? I have no – the teams themselves, the athletes on the court, I cannot wait to watch these two teams play basketball over the next couple years. I agree. Um, They're they're definitely going to be fun teams to watch. A lot of youth um, on their squad. And it's always fun to watch young players develop, especially ones that you – have a lot of hope for and shit, so I'm all about that as well. Pistons are going to definitely be fun. I'm excited to see what they do. Um, there's quite a few teams. Honestly, boys, Pacers, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do. I mean, you know, Halliburton and some of the pieces you guys got over there, that's going to be fun to watch. And, uh, yeah, yeah. the Cavaliers. Like, there's a lot of teams, especially in the East, man, I'm excited to see. Especially Orlando now with, you know, Banchero. I'm going to see what he does. You know, it's, it's going to be fun, man. I, I think the NBA is in a good state, man. I honestly do. Um, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun basketball ahead, so I'm excited for that for sure. But, yeah, that's pretty much my closing thoughts. I appreciate you having me on here and get to chat it up, bro. And I hope you guys at home listening enjoy the show. Hope uh, you guys are entertained for the show. And that is that. Y'all can uh, 
Subscribe for more. I'm probably going to break down some uh, some of this game tape we've been talking about. But in the meantime, just subscribe. And then I don't have to tell you what's coming next because you'll, you'll be here. All right. See ya. <laughs>